Welcome to Beyond Bitcoin, a podcast about all things digital assets, the global communities they are creating, the generations that are using and investing in them, and the challenges faced by the nations that are seeking to regulate them. The content of this program is not to be taken as investment advice. The opinions expressed in the program by the host and the guests are their personal opinions only. Remember, feel free to subscribe and share with like-minded friends. My name is Derek Graham. I'm the CEO of Portal Asset Management, and my co-host is Nitin Gower, Managing Director of State Street Digital Assets. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome along to another episode of Beyond Bitcoin. My name is Derek Graham, and I'm here as normal with my friend and colleague, Nitin Gower. Good morning or evening to you, Nitin. Hey, Derek. Good morning to you. And yes, it's evening here. I'm back in the US. I was gone for not as long as you were in Europe, but I was there just for like short five days. It was fantastic. And I'll share what I've learned as well on this call. But yeah, good to be here. Fascinating meetings. Keen to hear about that. But in one week, a lot has happened since our last Beyond Bitcoin. And isn't that typical of the industry that we know so well that so much has happened? But this time, they're quite big decisions, aren't they, Nitin? <laughs> I have a theory, Derek. Every time I leave the country, something significant happens. So I left the country and they had a ruling on SEC, which I felt missed out because I already got the information six hours late. So that's my thinking here. But uh, but yes, <laughs> a lot happens. Well, mind week, you, sure. that, that's a really valid thing because you're out of the country for about six months of the year. So that gives a fair amount of time <laughs> for large things to happen. <laughs> At any rate, everyone, of course, will know by now that Ripple has won a huge victory in the legal action by the SEC with the judge ruling that XRP is not a security in regards to programmatic sales on digital asset exchanges. On the day, of course, we saw Ripple's price rise some 60%. Solana also considered themselves exposed to the outcome of this, this ruling, and it rose about 30% on the day too. So outside the price of the crypto industry has responded very positively to the news and many crypto exchanges have relisted XRP and many are hoping this will lead to the end of the perceived war on crypto waged by the SEC. I think that's a wait and see. The ruling will undoubtedly have an impact on the SEC's case against Binance and Coinbase, part of which have been argued, of course, their trading securities. And in fact, that many US-based exchanges have decided to release XRP is seen as a positive development for, finance, for Binance and Coinbase's legal standing. While there's a reason for crypto enthusiasts to rejoice over the long term, the reality is that the Ripple ruling is not the be-all and end-all to what is happening in the asset classes. But other positive news is news occurring, which is Jerome Powell, who's the chair of the US Federal Reserve, of course, testified before the House Services Committee expressing his view of the staying power for cryptocurrencies as an asset class. And he also discussed the recent interest rate pause, acknowledging that the growing interest in digital assets is there. No longer than a week ago, of course, Larry Frink at BlackRock stated that, stated that Bitcoin as digital gold as an, and as, a digital, as an international asset. You know, according to him, Bitcoin is now established itself as a serious alternative to assets, it's an alternative asset rather, that can be used similar to gold to hedge against inflation and local policy errors. Quoted, he also said, we believe that if we can create more tokenization of assets and securities, it could revolutionize finance. Now, Nitin, I'm going to say something corny here, but we've all been <laughs> thinking this already. 
<laughs> I, I'd say that Larry, Larry has woken up, Derek. I think everything that he said, I think we've said that like four years back. So it's he's finally gotten with the program. That's the way I put yeah. it. Yeah, it's interesting when he gets interviewed uh, about why didn't you invest in Bitcoin a lot earlier? And he kind of fumbles for a moment and then turns around, oh, Bitcoin was used for drugs and things a lot earlier. So, you know, we weren't going to be associated with and it. And now it's clean. And now it's exactly, <laughs> which is wonderful. He's, he must have cleaned it. But I, I also think that, you know, it's really a coming of age. You know, it's a coming of age in volumes and turnovers and utilization and conversation, profile, et cetera, that it gets to a point where BlackRock's going, wait a sec, you know, we need to be involved with this. And that point was probably some one and a half years or more yeah. ago as they prepared for this, for this major event. So these things, including the big institutional investment firms joining this space with both their yeah. ETF applications and also their applications for the EDX exchange in the US, you know, we're seeing BlackRock, Fidelity, Investco, Valkyrie, and many others start to join the space. Now, you know, they're not joining it for summer. They're joining it for many, many years to come because they see this space as the new evolution of, of security tradings and digital asset tradings and real world asset tradings and new trading methodologies that they want to be involved with. Of course, that's their job. And so all this is set, interestingly enough, in America, which I always define as half the world for investment. And, and, it's, and it's under the umbrella, of course, of the SEC, which is quite aggressive to this. Now, my experience when I was traveling in Geneva and Zurich and London is that the attitude of the, of the banks was to, to the very smallest amount, highly inquisitive, to a larger amount, most interested in being involved. You, however, have just been to Frankfurt and you've met not just with some of the banks, but some of the big regulators there is that getting reflected yeah. in your meetings too? Yeah, no, I, I had a great meeting. Actually, it is a conference called DST23, which is Digital Security Token. We had regulators, we had, you know, ECB, which actually I stayed right next to ECB headquarters in, in Frankfurt. And then this was held in the Frankfurt School of Finance and Management, an amazing location, very relaxed environment. Of course, it is an academic setting, Derek, and we had... Our cohorts, so large financial institutions, Bank of New York Mellon, State Street, Deutsche Bank, HSBC, there were all these large financial institutions who have some effort going into tokenizing assets. These, these are not crypto, but these yes. are securities to begin with. And, and then you had the regulators. We had some folks from Baffin and, and European Central Bank and European you know, Banking Association who were who had recent regulation passed. And I, you know, we learned a lot about MIFID, which is essentially Market and Financial Instrument Directive, MIFID II, which was post-2008, US had this Dodd-Frank, and Europe came with standardized sort of ability to have much more transparent markets with more disclosures. That is their reaction to what happened in the last GFC. And so there was a lot of conversation in the comparison and differentiation of MIFID classification of assets. So for example, what happens when someone has to issue securities, and suddenly now you're tokenizing securities, which a part of that tokenization process comes under MICA, which is Market Infrastructure for Crypto Assets, as you know, was passed a few months back officially mm. with the European Central Bank and European Parliament. And so there was a lot of conversation to say, hey, what is the burden of issuing tokenized securities for a financial institution? Do they have to cl classify a few things under MIFID, which has certain risk model frameworks, and those assets can also be under MICA? 
which has a few risk framework and what does the bank have to do to deal with fiduciary responsibility of dealing with those assets or having potential regulation adhered to. So it is a very productive, con constructive conversation, unlike the US where everything is either, you know, you know, the contrast was, it was all about enforcement action in the US, whereas I think with Boffin, which is the local financial regulator, and you had the ECB and EBA, which is basically the entity for pan-European regulation, as well as the banks and a bunch of startup companies who are all in this panel, in this conversation, in terms of trying to understand the space and trying to navigate and dissect the implication of these regulation. And is it counterproductive to technology or how can technology help in making this regulation simpler? Which I found, Derek, was was quite refreshing. That was not a very combative conversation. It was more constructive conversation. But what's interesting was the entire conversation, and hence the conference, the Digital Security and Token Conference, was all about tokenizing existing securities. So it was less about, it was more towards the infrastructure, the market infrastructure, and the implication of technology that, that has the potential to change the infrastructure. And what do all, what are banks, what are financial institutions doing to keep up with that? But there was some ray of hope of DeFi and how does financial institutions intersect with DeFi in future as we are building out this infrastructure because a token mm. is a token is a token that mm. suddenly now a bank is capable of handling. So I think for the summary of all that was very engaging, day and a half conversation, a lot of sort of, you know, chat over coffee and towards the end over beer and wine, you know, conversation both in terms of what is all different entities doing to to address and and get the arms around this this technology led you know evolution, so I'll pause there. It was it was it was fun, and I took some time to explore, of course, and took time to meet a few investors who just trying to get their thinking of where they're trying to make the investment, what they're thinking around, because those perspective changes based on regulation, based on markets, based on yes. shifts that we have seen with innovation that has happened, and a lot has actually happened the last few weeks. So what you're seeing there is that, you know, major regulators, commentators and industry specialists getting together in a room and by the sounds of it, really focusing mostly on the securitization of real world tokens and a little bit less so on decentralized finance. Is that right? Yes, it, it is less, but there was still, I mean, we had one of my favorite and we had a guest, Ralph was here from Nucleus Finance and they had some interesting sort of conversation in terms of applying actors, which is their sort of financial standards to this tokenized world. So the notion of speeding up the transactions, the notion of consuming the information, which is the age old issue in the financial industry, they were there, they are a FinTech company. They're focusing on building on Casper Labs, for instance, and, and Ralph was one of our guests on this, on, this, on this conversation. There were a bunch of DeFi protocols from, again, Deutsche Börse, which is their exchange. They have set up their own labs. You had Deca Bank. Mm -hmm. Deca Bank has their own sort of spun out a uh, innovation lab, which is now its own startup. Right. I think it's great, Derek. Amazing yes. energy. You know? Yeah. Look, similar experience, not at such a high level, but at Hedge Week in London just two yeah. weeks ago now. And Hedge Week basically accumulated the digital asset investment world around London and Europe into that spot. And their general view and, and the consistent discussion was that inflows to the funds was extremely low to non-existent over the last nearly 12 months. So, you know, that was a, that was a consistent statement. So the appetite of the investors had dropped away substantially. So number one, and number two is that they were looking to the FCA in a positive manner 
and that's the that's the UK regulator, the FCA, in a positive manner. And the FCA was stating that they want to get a set of regulations out within 12 months and want to be on the front foot of the regulations and want to be putting London in a position where it's going to be one of the go-to places for digital assets. And why wouldn't you? Because, of course, London, New York, Singapore, these are all major finance centres, and to a degree they compete with each other. So I felt the same thing at that digital conference, that the view forward with the regulators in Europe was very positive. The question's going to be, how long is it going to take the US to get a set of regulations through this positive? Are they going to change from being combative to actually wanting to be on the front foot again? I know they're big questions, but uh, it'd be nice to see that yeah. occur because then the world would be in some degree, it would be somewhat in, in, you know, in, in, in the same flow. Yeah. So, so I think one thing, Derek, in all my global travels, I've never seen now with the exception of the US where the industry criticizes their regulators. I've never seen that until lately when in the US it's become not just criticized, but be competitive. They've been sued. They've been mm. taken to the court. And with both Coinbase and you name it, you know, from 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 DCG, Grayscale, and of course we've seen you know the Ripple. It's rare that any any industry criticizes its regulators openly in open forum because yeah, it's not in their true. best interest. It's yeah. always in the best interest to be in good on good books, and so they can, they can work constructively and they put the best foot forward. I think if you look at the recent turn of events in the U.S. Not only it's become combative, but it's also become sort of, you know, litigious, which again, it's not surprising being in the United States that we are a very litigious society. But I think, and you listed a few ETFs from Valkyrie to Bitwise to to Fidelity and to to, to BlackRock to the world, mm. I begin to see a trend that you have the large financial institution, which was always on the fence. So they never actually made a point. Now they're beginning to get out because their clients are seeking exposure. They're looking for the alpha. They're looking for investment avenues besides traditional. And also, these are opportunities that has the potential to grow exponentially. And no one wants to miss out. So suddenly Mm. it's the masses, the innovation agenda, which has always not been in in left, right, and center. And a lot has happened innovation-wise too in the last week or so, Derek which has been progressing over the years. And it's really come to a point where this is all coming together. And then eventually the only people on the other side are either the legislators, which is the lawmakers who are, who still have some differences between Republicans and Democrats and on this issue, but it's not become prom- as prominent other issue in the US in general. Mm-hmm. But it's clear that regulators are now feeling that they are being polarized and they need to sort of take a pause and understand the space and not just regulate out of it. So I think I see that happening. I see the trend, not just with BlackRock coming in, but there's a whole slew of our industry cohorts, which is large financial institutions, trying to not only understand crypto, but also apply the tech. So there's obviously value in technology that's been understood globally. And to me, that's turning the tide. So it's just a matter of changing that in the largest market in the world, which is in the United States. And once that shifts with technical innovations, I think it's you at the cusp of that exponential growth that we've been anticipating for quite some time. It's interesting, isn't it, Nitin, that the arrival of the institutions has been welcomed 
largely, not in total, but largely by the, by the industry. Considering two years ago, the industry would have considered the arrival of the of the institutions to be, you know, to be paying paying, you know, out to what you had rebelled against the entire building period of time. But the industry did go through 2022, which was a really tumultuous year, most of which was associated with centralized exchanges, but not all of which. Yeah. And I think to a degree, it sort of softened it <laughs> to a point where it's looking for any hope to, to validate and legitimate its, its, its existence in the, in the larger regulatory framework. And so the arrival of the likes of BlackRock and Valkyrie and, and, and Fidelity, et cetera, have broadly been welcomed by the industry. Now, you know, whether they welcome it or not, the, the merging of TradFi or traditional finance and decentralized finance and the tokenization industry is an inevitability because they are the major they are the major conduits to finance and funding. And one has to remember that this entire asset class is still only capitalized at about 1.2 trillion, not 460 odd trillion like the, the banking and the investment classes currently yeah. worldwide. So yes, the industry- But you also, you have that. another, yeah, you have another body here, Derek, which is the international bodies, right? The IMF, the BIS, the FASB. Yes. This week alone, like yesterday, the Financial Stability Board, which basically advises the G20 nations on global finance, which make up for a set of recommendations. And this is where the FATF, the Financial Action Task Force, comes into play and set all its rules. And if Financial Action Task Force or FATF you know, designates a country as high risk from financial transition perspective, their cost of doing business goes up extremely high because now mm. they have to do additional KYC on every business transaction. So every, every again, every country wants to attract capital. Every country wants to be able to do business. And they generally adhere to all these guidelines. Now this week, so now you have the regulators and US-centric regulators, the rest are getting on with the program. You had the BIS last week. They did some announcements and saying, hey, this is a risk to the financial system. Of course, they're going to say that because it's a, it's a traditional finance that breads their, you know, butters their bread. But if you look at the FSB's recommendation, they went to two recommendations today. The first set of recommendation was to advise an appropriate regulation, supervision, oversight of crypto asset activities and markets. So they're saying, you know, that we need to stress on data collection, all the things that they have recommended for traditional finance. The second set of regulation was aimed at the global stablecoin regime. So suddenly now, and I, and I don't know what's new about these things because every so often you hear the BIS or FSB or IMF make a comment to say, hey, we need more surveillance. We need more data. We need more. Mm. And what surprises me as technologist, Derek, it's there. I mean, yeah, I don't know how it's much more... <laughs> I, I don't know how much more data collection and surveillance they need. I just think they need to be educated on tools. Uh, I think what they mean by these recommendations is every bank needs to do this, which creates this impediment of investment because now every bank has to make the investment in technology and tooling to have the supervision that they're recommending. And that becomes sort of a, a factor. But I think with this large financial institution, with their access to resources, both legal and financial resources and their ability now to play a large role in this ecosystem, both from fiduciary and prudential treatment of assets. I think they can make a shift, but I just find it really weird that all these happens in the world and you find the same set of recommendations coming in cyclical fashion between the BIS 
the FASB and, and the IMF. I, I don't know what to make of it. Well, I guess it's, it's the, the pain of change. Uh, with that old saying, the price of progress is the pain. Well said, Derek. <laughs> um, and that's what we're seeing. When we, when we see the chair of the BIS made a statement broadly, which is, you know, I can't see a, you know, I can't see a valid user case or, or any, anywhere that cryptocurrency has proven itself. It's an extraordinary statement considering decentralized finance is in full operation and right in front of his eyes to see it. The challenge is, however, decentralized finance isn't that conducive to helping banks it is really a competitor to the banking system and as the chair of the bis uh, it's probably hard to accept that look after his his cohorts and plan the future ahead but this is the price of progress nitin another week sure. i think a really positive week both in your trip and your understanding of what you you heard over there which is reflective of what i heard when i was traveling in switzerland and, and in the uk and, and a week forward with the SEC not being on the front foot any longer. And as I said numerous times during that day when I sent emails to people within the industry, I said, happy SEC losers day. And, and I think that the, the industry is rejoicing its small win, but in the US probably has more to go. What are your thoughts there? It certainly has more to go. In fact, Gary has a point of this. I, I also find, and not to be a... Debbie Downer and add a damper to that little little hope ray of hope. This is a weird ruling, if you ask me, because suddenly now, is does it mean that retail investors are less protected than institutional investors with this ruling? Second thing is, just because you don't buy your Tesla from a Fidelity account or Charles Schwab account, you you really don't know who the seller is, and does that make Tesla stock as not a security? So this this ruling actually will be challenged at some point because some of that doesn't add up to the securities law. That's in, in, of course, a ruling from, from, and they can go after this victory they had in terms of institutional offering. But I think the idea there is that one is utility. So Bitcoin is utility that I have to pay you know, for, for that. And how do you acquire? And some of the metrics don't sort of add up in case of XRP. So maybe they just picked the wrong protocol and this may all come back to bite us later on. And it also may open up for other sort of, secure tokens, which may in traditional sense be securities. And and again, I, I'm not an anti-regulation guy because regulation is meant to protect. Yes, it's burdensome, but it's meant to protect the common people, except that it's either misused from both sides. And that needs to be, the, there has to be balance between protecting mm. consumers. And there has to be some entity until the protocols themselves mature enough. Which brings me to another point, Derek, which we have not discussed in this show for a while, which I've been heads down of real innovation right? Innovation that's happening in the industry. So today I spent like an hour and a half with Polygon founders. They had a call in terms of their latest release and their roadmap. Amazing progress, both in terms of, you know, they they announced in the roadmap today something called a cross-chain aggregator using zero-knowledge technologies, which that, you know, if you prove on one chain, you can prove on multiple chains. So you could have thousands, thousands of chain promising infinite scalability at much lower cost and even eventually to all EVM compatible chains, which technically solves a real complicated issue that has been happening for quite some, quite some time with interoperability solution, like it, with, with something like inter-blockchain protocol uh, that has been there for quite some time. In addition to Polygon, Chainlink announced its own interoperability protocol called CCIP, right? And cross-chain interoperability protocol, which looks to building better bridges, is having their own sort of mechanism to be able to connect various financial systems 
again, an effort to aggregate liquidity. Uniswap X also announced mm -hmm. today. And to me, these are just such exciting announcements that yes. it eclipses all the SEC and legal issues from that perspective, because this is almost a decade worth of effort coming into fruition in, with these protocols. And Uniswap is an open source protocol and Uniswap X, which is also from one of the Uniswap founders, designed to aggregate liquidity across decentralized exchanges. So you see what you know, Chainlink and Polygon and Uniswap collectively with their series of interoperability protocol, they're trying to address a really complicated issue of liquidity aggregation that you could have your tokens in this pool, or token in that decentralized exchange, and you could have token in various sort of ecosystems. And what interoperability is trying to do is trying to connect these pools of liquidity. And if you can connect them, and if I can move liquidity at speed of wire, I'm literally increasing the speed of and velocity of money over time. And that has enormous implication on not just the velocity and movement of, of capital, but also utility of capital itself, that you don't have the issue of underutilized potential locked capital because it's stuck in six, seven days for it to move. I think it's fantastic what's happening with some of these protocols. And I'm actually, again, I'm going to Chainlink's SmartCon, speaking of SmartCon event, very bullish on their technology in terms of what they're trying to do in connecting the real world, which is the market data and information about the various corporate action, all the things that happen in real financial systems to sort of enable them to be able to port it, be ported over to a blockchain-based ecosystem. On the long run, when we are dealing with this, my Frankfurt conference agenda of tokenizing traditional finance, I find that Chainlink-like protocols and, and what Polygon is doing like protocols can be quite instrumental in making that work. Look, it's intriguing because this is called building in the bear market, isn't it? And during the bear market, when so many investors are obsessed with price and activity like that, the main builders like Polygon and, Uni and, and Polygon and, and, and Chainlink, many others continue their development program. And a lot of the big development stories are wrapped around infrastructure, this ability to transfer assets, tokenized assets seamlessly and at pace. And now with liquidity, as you're talking about here, is extraordinarily important for this industry when it starts becoming mainstream. People often get overly focused on a single digital application saying, where is the DAP? And I would argue, of course, DeFi is the DAP. It's a killer app in itself. But so much when you're talking about an entirely new asset class and an entirely new way of doing finance to build the infrastructure. So maybe let's talk about that a bit more next week when we're actually looking at some of these, these developments that have occurred during the bear market, this building in a bear market. And maybe if the industry gives us a bit of, bit of free time, a little bit of free air time in that they're not gonna do another regulatory outbreak in the next week, we can actually talk about some progress I, in some of the, I like the, uh, the term. development programs. I like the term regulatory outbreak. That's, that's classic, Derek, <laughs> very well put. <laughs> good on you i'll see you next week nitin thanks very all right much. derek to you take care have a good week bye-bye see you we hope you enjoyed our weekly conversation if you have any questions comments or suggested topics please contact nitin gower or myself on the emails displayed here or via our linkedin profiles feel free to subscribe and share with like-minded friends stay well inquisitive and engaged see you next week